Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. He is a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. He holds 26 national age championship gold medals for Australia. Uh, and most recently, he dropped a 343 at the Queensland Championships just this past week. We've got Elijah Winnington. Hey, guys. It's uh, good to be here. I'm looking forward to this. excited to sit down and talk with you a little bit we've got we've got to start with the queensland championships especially after the year it has been um in and mo- but mostly out of the pool um tell me about this meet leading up to it what your expectations were and how it actually all unfolded yeah so you know like you said it's been a crazy year for everyone including us australians i mean we haven't had it as bad um, but you know, we still had a pretty hectic lockdown and stuff like that. Um, so my first half of the year was, you know, very up and down, um, until I decided to make the move and, um, actually move from the Gold Coast to Brisbane, um, under new leadership and new coaching, um, under Dean Boxall at St. Peter's Western. Um, and that was just, you know, I thought I needed something to change. Um, so I had about six months, uh, in that program before, this latest Queensland champs um, meet where I, where I did some, you know, some PBs, which was really good, but it was really just sort of working on new things that I hadn't done before and new work and maybe some more kilometers in the pool um, that I hadn't maybe touched on in my life before. So there were a lot of things that changed in the swimming. Um, So coming into this meet, I didn't really know exactly how I was going to perform. I knew I was swimming fast, um, but, to do PBs when I haven't, you know, done that sort of stuff in a couple of years now was really promising after only six months of being in this new program. So, I mean, for me, this whole week was just a bonus, even going faster than I've ever been, but to do some world-class times was, was really special for me. No kidding. You, I, I mentioned the 343, uh, you dropped a 145 and the two free, um, I mean, just break down those races a little bit. How were you feeling before them and, and what made them, you know, what, what made them click so well for you? Yeah. So the, um, the turn of freestyle was on the first night of racing. Um, and I, I swam a pretty good heat. I only had to swim about a 147 to get into the final and it felt pretty comfortable. And I knew I was in, you know, my rhythm felt really good and my stroke felt really good. Um, so I knew I was going into the final with a good shot to do, you know, 145. That was my goal. Um, and fortunately for myself, I had another swimmer, Alex Graham, go 145 in the final as well. So we were, you know, just pushing each other the whole way. Um, and it was a great race. I, I, I felt, you know, amazing. Everything really just clicked in the water and it sort of showed what the past six months that I've been doing put into practice, you know, really well. Um, and similarly with the 400, um, was the following night, I had a good heat swim. I only had to go around 349 to make the final. Um, and again, felt really comfortable. I knew I was in, you know, a good stead and I had, um, again, Jack McLaughlin go 344 too. So again, I had another person there to, you know, 
battle it out with and push me right to the end. So there was no complacency in the race. But um, yeah, no, they were they they both the races felt um, very different to how they felt in the past, but also very positive. Um, and I'm really looking forward to how I can develop that in the next six months leading into you know Olympic trials and that sort of stuff. If that all goes ahead. Yeah. There's, there's so much to unpack here. I'm so excited. First of all, I just got to throw out, uh, on the all time Australian men's, uh, performers for the 400 mirror freestyle, you're now number six behind Kieran Perkins, David McKeon, Grant Hackett, Mac Horton, and Ian Thorpe. That's mm-hmm. That is pretty good company to uh, to hold. Yeah, it's a very impressive list. Um, and, you know, all five of those guys are guys that, you know, I've personally met and have strived to become or strive to, you know, achieve to attain those goals that they hit. Um, and, you know, this week was just one of them. Um, obviously, I believe that I still want to go faster and I still want to maybe knock some of them off the list as well. But, um to be even mentioned in a, in a list like that, like they're Australian legends um, in the world of swimming and Australia's history in the form of freestyle is incredibly deep, you know, always performing well. Mac was Olympic champion four years ago. So uh, I've got some stiff competition there, but, you know, it's actually an honour to be, you know, up and with those guys and hopefully I can, you know, progress even further and do the country proud. Yeah. I, I just looked at that list and it, I, I just had to read it because it was like, holy crap. I mean, yeah, every, every, everyone above you is like you said, just a, a, a legend. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's cool. So congrats on that. Um, <laughs> so, so let's start. Um, so it sounds like you had a good Queensland championships. That was an exciting meet for even from the U S to watch and be like, okay, we're th- throwing down some fast times. You finally got some long course racing back. Like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with, uh, your move. So you move from your longtime home, um, in the, at the gold coast to go train with Dean Boxel, um, St. Peter's West, like you said, uh, with names like Clyde Lewis, who we, we had on the show earlier this month, last month, uh, Ariane Titmus, world champion, you know, um, so you've got some good training partners. Tell me about what went into that decision. Cause you also mentioned that, you know, for those first few months of quarantine, it was kind of up and down until you decided to make that move. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and I'll be honest with you until quarantine, I really didn't have any intention of wanting to move or anything like that. Um, so I've been, I was born and bred on the Gold Coast for just over 20 years. So my whole life was um, South Queensland. Um, and, you know, I was loving the program I was in. My coach, Richard Scarce, had, you know, previously gotten me to, you know, world junior records, 26 national age records, like uh, gold medals, sorry. Um, so, like, I had nothing, you know, against the program or anything there, but um, for just myself, I wasn't really, I didn't have that spark for swimming that I once did when I was younger. I was becoming very stale um, and I sort of sat down with myself and just had to think over this quarantine period when I had extended time to think, um, you know, what would be best for me moving forward, not in terms of a swim program, but just 
for myself mentally because, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you're not enjoying, you know, where you are or, you know, wherever you are in your journey, that you're not going to get the best outcome, whereas if you are enjoying it. Um, so just like thinking over that sort of stuff, I realized that, you know, what maybe a move would be a positive thing for me. And Brisbane's only about an hour's drive north of the Gold Coast anyway. So it's not, you know, a crazy big life shift. Um, but I got in contact with, um, Dean Boxall, um, and, you know, our goals really aligned. Um, he seemed like a coach that knew a direction for me. is the female 400 meter world champion the year before so clearly he knows how to coach a 400 200 meter swimmer especially with Clyde as well um so for me it was a no-brainer so I talked to him on a Friday and I was up and packed and moved by the Monday um so yeah it was just a you know a quick process I knew it was the right thing for me um and that was around June this year so about smack bang middle of Australia's quarantine um, and then, yeah, I've been there, been there since, and I've been loving it. Um, and I'm glad the results this weekend show for it. Yeah. So t- tell me a little bit about, uh, the training you've, you've done since you, the move, I know you mentioned it, it's, you've, you've changed focuses. It's been a little different than what you had been used to in the past. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to get too technical and that sort of stuff, but, um, sort of, please things- do. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, well, so previously, um, in my old program, I'd do a lot of like race pace specific work. Um, and a lot of my block would be around, uh, based around that. Um, and what I found when I moved was there was a really strong foundation on, uh, aerobic, um, and a lot of kilometers. So for the first few months, I was doing pretty much no less than seven kilometers a session over nine sessions. So it just stacked up and I never have really done that much. I mean, compared to, you know, longer, longer distance swimmers, it might not sound like a lot, but for me coming from a real 200 background, it was quite a bit of a shift for me. Um, and I found that shift with that aerobic block just completely boosted my fitness when it did come time for the race pace, the broken 400 suited efforts, things like that. When you get down to the nitty gritty six weeks to go to a major competition, I found that my fitness was just able to back up and back up and back up, um, which was a really positive thing for me because, you know, the way I split a 400, I tend to go out a bit faster um, and try and, you know, hold off the max and the, you know, previously Sun Yangs who would come home in 53 seconds or whatever, something like that. So um, fitness was a major thing for me that I had to change. And that was the biggest shift that I knew is I had become extremely fit. I, you know, always thought I was very fit, but after coming, I realized that I jumped to a whole new level. Um, and again, it showed in my 400, I pretty much split the same 300 as I did as my previous PB I just came home in the last hundred, a second and a half faster, right? So it just showed that I'd built that fitness. Um, and it's, you know, something that I know I need to continually work on and even tweak my race plan a little bit because I feel like there's definitely things in there that I need to change and sit down with Dean and discuss of how I actually improve because, you know, you hit a stage where you don't just improve seconds out of the blue, you've got to find the point ones and the point twos here or there that can sort of add up over time. 
Yeah. The, that's really interesting. It's it's not every day you're like, okay, it's, it's swimming's getting a little stale. I need to change it up. I'm going to go to a program where I train more. Mm, ex- exactly right. Um, and that was a big thing for me is because I knew that I'd be going to a program where I would possibly be, you know, working a lot harder than whereas if I was. So I had to really jump out of my comfort zone to go to where I was. Um, but when you want something bad enough, you sort of do whatever it takes, right? So, you know, swimming has been my passion since I was a little boy. So it was a no-brainer for me to just, you know, make the move. Yeah. I mean, and how has the environment been? We talked about some of your training mates, but just, you know, the environment at uh, St. Peter's, uh, what's it been like and how has that impacted your, your overall stance on swimming as well? I mean, it's been incredible. And like I mentioned, you know, I didn't really have that spark. That's why I did want to move. But since moving to St. Peter's, I've made, but not also, I always had really good friends in that squad. And it's amazing that the company that you can surround yourself with when you're, you know, on the daily grind, how much enjoyable it can actually be. And you actually get so much more out of yourself when you, want to go through that and you want to go through it with your teammates rather than you feel like you just have to, to try and achieve your goals. Um, So the environment's been incredible. And Dean is um, an incredible coach. There is, you know, no doubt why he has won Australia's, you know, swimming coach of the year for the past few years is he really knows how to individualize and get everything out of different people in different ways. He doesn't just put a blanket over everyone. Um, and just expect that to work. He's very much um, tuned to every single one of his athletes and he has, you know, nearly 30 in his squad. So it's extremely impressive. Um, And, you know, he got the best out of me this past week and over the past six months. Um, And, you know, our previous relationship, you know, we'd not really spoken that much. So I found that extremely impressive. Um, And, just the people that I can surround myself with in that squad has been amazing. What is, what is a Dean set that you've done in the past six months that really sticks out to you as, as, as challenging or one that you felt you did really well on? Um, probably the hardest, one of the hardest sets I've done um, was it's like a lactate removal type set. So it's 400, uh, on what was it on on uh, I had to be under 425 on 530 I think into turret effort on four minutes or something like that six times so I mean I'm having to go around you know a3 on the 400 so it's you know solid it's not anything too hard uh, and then into a turret effort where I'd have to be 156 or I'd get absolutely yelled at um and that was something i learned too is you know you've got to hit your times or else you are going to absolutely cop it um (laughs) but that was really tough for me because that was you know one of the first sets where it's like getting really down into the hard stuff this is you know about three months ago now um where we passed the just initial aerobic phase where you're just doing a lot of k's a lot of aerobic this is like that middle awkward period where it's like we need you to absolutely kill yourself, but we also need you to hit your time. So it's just like you've got to back up and back up and back up, right? So that set for me was extremely tough because, you know, I would even think doing five 200s alone 
max effort would be very hard, let alone adding another 200 plus 400s on top of that, um, plus a finisher that we would do after that, whether it's a 100 effort or a broken 400 or, you know, whatever it is, that was a surprise as well on top of that. Um, I found that very hard. And then, you know, to back that up, you know, we do that three weeks in a row, right? So every Thursday afternoon we would do that set. So I'd do it the first time finish the session and be like, oh, okay, that's done. And he'll be like, okay, we're doing that next week and the week after. And every Thursday afternoon, I'd just be like, oh, my goodness, like, I can't do that again. And sure enough, he got the best out of me. And week after week, I actually improved. After the first week, I was like, there's no way I could go any better. The week later, I improved. No way I could go any better. The week later, I improved. And that's how it is, right? Over the six months, week after week, there was small improvements to the point where, like last this last week I've been doing PVs in my main events. Yeah. What, what did you get down to holding in those two hundreds? So, uh, the last week I held, I think it was four one fifty sixes and then two one fifty sevens was my best. The first week was shocking. I think I was a couple one fifty sevens and then a couple one fifty eights. And then it got to the point where he didn't even tell me my time because it was too slow. So, <laughs> I didn't even get time for the last one. I know. (laughs) And then the week later was a little bit better. I was a couple 156s, then a couple 157s, and then maybe one or two 58s at the end. And then the last week I was trying to hit them all, but the last few just chopped off a little bit. But I was was pretty happy with the set. That seems good. Did you have other people doing the set with you, or were you flying solo? There's there's a distance squad um, at St. Peter's. It's about consists of maybe eight or so swimmers. Um, myself and Ariane are the only Australian dolphins that would be in that distance squad. The rest are, um, we have one New Zealand girl and then a lot of age group swimmers. Um, but those age group swimmers, I mean, they're all national age champions, um, been to, you know, junior world. You know, they're, they're extremely talented young athletes. Um, and, you know, we all grind it out together and then the middle distance and sprint group do a, you know, similar set, maybe just a little bit less. So they're not doing, you know, 4K or whatever the set is. <laughs> gotcha. Whew. Yeah, that sounds pretty intense. Mm. <laughs> Glad you made it through. Uh, so let's let's take it back even a little bit further. When, um, when quarantine first did start, you know, you said you mentioned those few months of kind of up and down. I mean, take me through it. Uh, before you finally decided to make the move, um, what what was up? What was down? How was that time out of the pool? I mean, what what were you going through? Because I know everyone kind of had a hard time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not very easy when you get told that you know your dream is being postponed. Everyone had worked towards you know Tokyo twenty twenty. That was the goal for every you know major swimmer around the world. And so when that got when that got cancelled, everyone was like okay, well, what do we do? So, you know, one day it's on and then that afternoon it's like, oh, well, we can't train anymore. Um, That's it. Um, So that was massive for me um, because I didn't really know where to go and I knew I wasn't really enjoying things at my current state. Um, You know, I came off of the back of quite an unsuccessful 2019 Um, I missed the world championship team. You know, I didn't perform when I needed to. Um, I hadn't really hit any PBs. Um, I was in a bit of a stale spot 
um, after coming off the back of, you know, an extremely high 2018, you know, where I won a Commonwealth Games medal. I finished the year breaking my first junior world record. You know, I came off the back of this massive high and then I hit a massive low. So towards the end of 2019 and then the start of this year, I was already a little bit uncertain with where my swimming was progressing. Um, and I didn't really see any changes um, in my swimming and in my current program back then of how it would progress forward. So I had even a little bit of doubts about Tokyo 2020. So then as soon as things got cancelled in March, I you know, just sat down and, like I've mentioned, decided to make the move. It would be the best thing for me, not even if it makes my swimming any better, it would be the best thing for me mentally um, and that was my main driving factor is because I believe that if you have to do anything, you need to be happy doing it. Um, so I knew it would make me the happiest and I decided to just, you know, jump in. Um, and yeah, like I said, a few days later, I'd made the move. Um, but even the quarantine itself was really hard being out of the water. Um, fortunately for myself, I had, you know, family friends that owned a learn to swim pool that would give me early morning access and stuff like that. So I could, you know, at least roll my arms over in a, you know, one foot pool deep um, pool. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, you know, fortunate to stay fit in that period. So when I did come back, I was able to, you know, hit the ground running. But uh, like everyone, it's been a hectic 2020. It's been an absolute roller coaster. Um, but to finish the year off like this is, you know, incredible. Um, it's definitely not the feeling I had when I started this year. Um, so I'm just happy that I'm in a much better place than I was, you know, nine, 10 months ago. Yeah. It's it, like you said, sounds like a good way to finish off the year, which is really cool. Um, because heading, I mean, I think, you know, everyone was in a different place when quarantine started, but if, if you were already in kind of a stale, well, what, you know, flimsy place when quarantine started, that sounds tough. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to find it, find something that worked and dude, it's, it seems like it's working. So let's, let's go back. Like you mentioned, very up 2018 and then a low in 2019. Um, let's, let's hit 2018 first. I mean, tell me about that year from your perspective, because like you said, world junior record, Commonwealth games, uh, gold medalist. It's like you, were you expecting all that that year? Um, no, but you know, I was, I was confident in my swimming ability. I mean, not to take you back even further, but I had a successful 2017, right? So, um, 2017, I made junior world championships and this is sort of the year where things really dropped for me. I think I went from like a, a 350, 400 to a 345. I went from a 148 to a 146. So 2017 was when I had my big drops in swimming, you know, everyone talks about those big drops when you're a bit younger. That was my year where I, I progressed from an age group swimmer to hitting some of the open times. I hit, you know, top eight in the world in the foreign freestyle that year. Um, you know, 146.8 at the time would have made a semifinal at, you know, a world championships that year. So uh, that was like my big, uh, okay, I'm no longer this age group national champion anymore. Now I'm progressing into the open level. I'm, you know, I've gone from the top of the age. Now I'm at the bottom of the open. So that was my progression year. Um, so 2009, uh, 18, sorry, I was confident moving forward, but I also just had a free swing of the bat, right? I'm this young kid that 
nobody expects me to do anything. So it doesn't really matter, but I can also do times that are competing with these guys. So uh, our Commonwealth Games trials were in February and I did just that. I you know, made the team. I came fourth at the trials. So they selected me for the relay uh, and I got to go on my first senior Australian team at Commonwealth Games and then later on to Pampax later that year. Um, but then 2000, uh, at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, um, I got to swim in the final and I swam fantastic. I swam a 145 in the final. Um, so then again, it just progressed even further. And I was like, okay, well, six months ago, I was in 148. Now I'm at a 145. So like things were, you know, really shooting. And my mind was, you know, going places like, oh my goodness, like I'm swimming so well. And I think it maybe was a little bit my downfall going into 2019 as I became a little bit complacent. Um, I, I thought that, oh, well, whatever I'm doing is clearly working. So I'll just keep doing that. However, little did I know that to keep getting better, you have to keep improving things and keep doing more instead of just do what you're doing because doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting just the same result. And that's what happened for me is then later that year at, uh, at Pampax, I swam, ter- I swam a 147 in the touring freestyle, 348 in the foreign freestyle. So like I'd sort of actually gone backwards um, and that was just a product of me not changing a thing. I thought I was just doing it fine. So I just kept doing that. Um, so then coming home from 2018 Pampax, um, about four months later was the Queensland Championships um, that year. And that would have been my last chance to break a junior world record. And that was that was been a goal of mine since I was like 13, when I, uh, maybe 14, when I saw Maxime Rooney break the turn freestyle in 147.1. And that was my, always my goal. It's a 147.1. I want to break a junior world record, 147.1. Um, and, you know, at the junior world championships, I went 146.8. I came third and the guy that won went 146.4 <laughs> and he broke the junior world record, right? So I did the time that I always wanted, but I came third, right? So I was, I was just off and, you know, I was happy with that, but, you know, a little bit dissatisfied. So 2018, I had one more shot at the Queensland Championships. Um, and, you know, fortunately that year I swam 146.1. And that was massive end to the year for me. That was like everything I'd ever capped off. I was like, well, great. Like I'm swimming well again. Pampax was just an anomaly. I can hit this next year. 2019, you know, I had some massive goals. You know, I wanted to medal at World Championships. I was, you know, announcing myself on the world stage in 2019. Um, so I had very high expectations and I went into the year with those expectations and again, just became complacent. I did the same thing thinking that, you know, what I could do as an age group swimmer would carry over to being an open swimmer. Um, and it didn't go that way as, and at the trials, I, you know, completely missed the team. Um, I was well off. I was what, 348, 147 again. Um, and that was a massive blow for me. Um, but fortunately I, instead of going to worlds, I decided to book a ticket to the Phillips 66 American nationals, um, in, uh, I think they were San Francisco. I think that's something, it was something there, um, Bay area and Bay area. Sure. Um, and that was a great experience for me because, um, I'd never raced at an American run meet before. And to see the depth that you had to do to not only, you know, medal, but to make finals, um, you know, top eight were doing times that 
you know, in Australia would win the championship. So it was a very similar even to like a Worlds because you'd have to go absolutely max in the heat to make the final. And then there was stiff competition in the final to, you know, get to where your PBs were. Um, and five weeks after the wasn't going there because I knew it would be stiff competition. I knew I wasn't swimming well. Um, however, I used that as an opportunity to change some things. Um, so in that five weeks, I, I completely reshifted my friendship group, my diet, how I swum, you know, it, everything changed. And it was a massive thing for me. Um, and I went over to America and I swam well. I swam at 146.1 again and I dropped times in, you know, five weeks. That was, I didn't think I could hit. Um, but again, there was no real improvements. Um, and so I came home from 2019 feeling better than the trials, um, but not completely satisfied. And that's when sort of a downward spiral of my enjoyment in swimming sort of happened is I would then rock up to the pool and just go through the motions and just waiting to race again. Cause you know, I've, as most swimmers, I just absolutely love racing. Training is maybe not the funnest thing I do. So the next thing for me was ISL on the first year of ISL. So it's coming under training. I was just like, all right, one more, just get through this session and I'm going to, you know, ISL soon. I'm going to ISL soon. Um, and I went over to ISL and I swam well short course. Um, and I was like, all right, this is great. Like I'm having fun. Um, but although <laughs> Sounds I was like fun. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I was swimming well, I just didn't have that passion when I was there racing or when I was training, I was just like, I'm literally doing this because this is what I feel like I have to do. Mm. Um, and it wasn't good for me mentally, but the only thing getting me through was, okay, well, I've got the Olympics next year. Let me just go to the Olympics and then I can reassess. Like it's, it's too soon to change, you know, anything because, you know, I, I won't make improvements. I need to stay where I'm at. I've been here for 12 years. And I've swum well before, so I'll just do that. And I fell into the trap of doing what I'd always done again. Um, and like I said, I came into 2020 really upset with my swimming. Um, and when it all got cancelled, I thought that was the best opportunity for me to change. And here I am, happy and swimming fast. So it was the greatest decision I think I've ever made. That's high praise. Yeah. Uh, so I I want to I want to go back to um to to those tri the world trials in 2019 just to get some context. You know, I mean, I think like you said, it was not a great performance in the water physically. I mean, just take me through emotionally where you where you kind of felt like you were at because I mean, you just took us on a roller coaster and there was a lot of highs and lows. I mean, yeah. Just, you know, back, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, heading into those trials, did you feel pretty confident? Yeah. So, I mean, the day before the trials when I'm, you know, doing my pre-swims and stuff like that, I was swimming phenomenal. I was doing push 53s at 400 pace and it felt easy. And I was thinking, this is it. This is my year. I was like, I'm going 341. I'm knocking everybody off. Like I'm going to be world champion, right? Little was my mistake that, you know, I have to actually make the world's team before I can become world champion. <laughs> so I'd already jumped ahead of myself, right? I'd already, you know, gotten this too confident. And then when it got to race day, I, I wasn't nervous. I had nothing. I, you know, was like, you know, I'm going to swim well. 
But as soon as I dove in the water, when I had no adrenaline, no nerves, and I was complacent, and then I started doubting what I'd done, everything just fell apart during the race. I think I could have swum much better at that time with how much work I'd done. I just fell apart during the race, and that's when it counts. Uh, And physically, I think I was fine, but mentally, I just wasn't there. I just was not prepared for anything that can happen during that race is, you know, normally I would always in an age group swim, just switch off my mind and do what I'd always done. But when you sort of racing the Olympic champion in Mac Horton, Jack McLaughlin, who's, you know, won Pampax the year before, you know, I'm swimming against the world's best. They are in the top five in the world for the past three or four years. Um, And I'm swimming next to them. And when I dive in and I don't feel very good, things in my head start going and ticking and you go, "Uh oh, like you have to be at your best to beat these guys, let alone you can't be thinking like this. And before I knew it, I was turning at 300 meters and I was three body lengths behind and it's too late. Um, And once you have a bad swim, if you're not mentally strong like I wasn't back then, the rest of the week's written off because you go, oh, I'm not swimming well, so this is it, right? But obviously, if you're resilient and you, you're mature, um, you can learn that any swim can just be changed. One swim doesn't define your whole week. So um, I think what wrong, went wrong for me in 2019 was very much mental, um, which is then what leads into, like I was saying in my story, in the end of 2019, why I was so unhappy. I was just so unmentally strong um, just because I was unhappy. Um, and it yeah. took changing to change that. Yeah, which which makes total sense. And I think, you, I mean, you described that process really well of you dive in and, and you're complacent. And you kind of expect it. And so then, you know, things start to slip a little and then your brain just goes, wait a second, what's going on? And then you start questioning everything. And then all of a sudden the wheels fall off and, and you're three body lengths behind at the 300. Um, you know, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like that's something a lot of swimmers can relate to, uh, is, is just having, having, having and managing, your expectations and, and, and what you're doing going into a big meet like that. Um, and so, so then you decide to go to the Phillips 66 nationals and, um, that, that in between five weeks, you said you changed everything did, I mean, heading into those five weeks, did you see your lifestyle as like, uh, okay, maybe this isn't like the best, or do you feel like, you changed it just because you needed a change. I, at that point I changed it because I felt like I just needed a change. Um, I knew I had to change something. I didn't know what. So in five weeks, it's not a lot of time. So I just went, well, you know what, let me change everything and see if that helps, which looking back, I don't think is healthy at all (laughs) because it, it took a massive toll on me. I, you know, completely changed my body composition because I was eating all these weird foods I'd never eaten before. I was doing a completely different gym program I'd never done before. I was swimming completely different. I literally gone, well, look, I don't know if it's my food. I don't know if it's my swimming and I don't know if it's my gym. I don't know if it's my lifestyle outside. So I was like, you know what? Let me change all of it 
and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I, I did improve. So I was like, okay, there's some improvements there, but I just was that five weeks was, you know, hell for me. I just hated it because I was like, well, I want to do what I just did. You know, I've been friends with them forever and I want to go hang out with them or, you know, I like doing that swim session. I want to do that again. Or I like this food. I think that works. But because I decided to change everything to see how it went and I committed to that, I just, you know, dove head first. Um, looking back, you know, I don't think there was much else I could do in a short period to find out what could change. Um, mm. But with more time, I've later developed over the past six months that, you know, you can change things so incrementally small at a time. I can change my swimming very small. I can change my gym and then I can change my diet and just mush them all together very slowly because then it feels like I'm still living my same normal life and it's, you know, what I love doing. And, you know, you create new habits instead of forcing yourself to do them. Um, so that five weeks was a weird process for me and I was definitely out of my comfort zone, but I'm glad I went through that because it's through all these little life lessons that you get to learn to what to do. Like I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you about the stuff I've learned if I never did that, if I just had have done the same thing, gone to Phillips 66 nationals and swum the exact same, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation about, you know, what I've learned. Um, so, while I don't think it was great for me, I definitely think that these are the little experiences that, you know, develop you not only into the swimmer that you become, but also the person and the character that you have. Um, because, you know, without character, without joy, without happiness, like I've said, you know, why put yourself through hours and hours and hours and hours of pain in the pool <laughs> when you could be hanging out with friends. So many hours of pain. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, you raise it. It's a great point. And, and you can attribute that you, I mean, throughout, through these last three years, it's, I mean, again, such a roller coaster, lots of ups and downs and, and you learn so much throughout all that. Um, and especially through the downs, right. Or the, or the weird periods, the five weeks where you literally change your entire life. Um, you, you learn through that. And it's, that's a, it's a cool thing to, to hear your perspective on for sure. Um, so you get through that. Um, you, you've, you've gone to Queensland championships now, um, you know, looking, looking forward, what's, what's next on the agenda? I mean, I've, the way I see it is I'm halfway with the process that my change was occurring. Right. So when I moved, I knew, I have pretty much one year till the Olympic trials at that point in June. Um, and so I knew Queensland States was around the six month mark and I was like, great time to reassess and how everything's going. So the way I see it, I'm only halfway through my progression and my change is I haven't fully changed everything I want to and I haven't achieved everything I want to. And I'm really excited about what this next six months will be because that's when everything will come together. That's when the final product of, you know, Elijah Winnington happens. Um, and, I mean, obviously the next thing for most athletes is Olympic Games, Olympic trials. You know, I've got to make the team first. I'm not making that mistake again. Um, and I'm just going to take one step at a time. I go on training camps early next year. I'm training right through Christmas. Um, and I'm just going to enjoy this period and, you know, love what I'm doing. 
Well, Elijah, I appreciate you sitting down and taking some time to talk with me for a little bit. Any parting thoughts before we sign off? No, just, you know, I can't stress this enough. If you're not happy, you know, you've got to be happy in what you're doing because that is the main thing in the swimming world or in any you know aspect in life is you've got to be happy with what you're doing because there's no point doing something if you're not enjoying it. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.